0: Hello, everybody. Uh, My name is Steve McNamara. Welcome to another edition of the Wild Man Revolution podcast. I have an exciting guest on today. But before I get to him and all the amazingness he has to share, um, a few formalities. Check out all the links below where you can find me on other platforms. Facebook, my Telegram channel is rocking at the moment where I cover everything, uh, our dreams, and the vehicles to achieve them, it's called. Um, everything from the physical body, um, the, the, the inner world stuff that I'm so passionate about helping people with to other vehicles such as cryptocurrencies, precious metals, um, and other, other ways to be able to serve humanity, um, which can be rewarded financially. So check out all the links for that. Um, I'm on Twitter, um, definitely on YouTube, where you can find a video version of this and check out all the places, like I say, where podcasts are shared, Spotify, Uh, iTunes and the like. So without further ado, this man, I've known this man for a a number of years now. Um, He was definitely, um, I was definitely at the right place at the right time to be introduced to cryptocurrencies, which has become such such an amazing synchronicity where we met and what that's evolved to with my life now, Um, not only with uh, my understanding of the digital space, but also in helping people. Um, And it's a big thing with with Andrew Scolari, who is a digital asset expert. Um, he is the most positive man I know. Um, and I don't say false positivity, and we'll dive into that. I mean, optimistic with substance. Um, he's a man who's of service. He's heart-centered only. I have a heart-centered men on here. Um, he's solution-focused. Even if I've got some shit and I'm probably complaining, he's always got, all right, what do you focus on? And he always pulls me in a line in a really positive way. Um Grounded way. So, without further ado, Andrew, thank you for being a guest on the Wildman Revolution podcast. How are you?
1: Fantastic. So, thanks for that intro. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing what I've got to say now. I I
0: did my best <laughs> to talk you right up. Whether you believe that about yourself or not, I don't care. Uh, we'll, we'll work through it. <laughs> and fair. there's probably more. More now to start the show. What I generally ask when you hear. Wild man, wild man revolution. What what comes through for you?
1: Well, for me, for the wild man revolution is not really that uh, wild man running into the scrub, you know, cutting trees down and killing everything. Wild man is just people standing up. Just you know, you are your own man. You follow your own direction. You walk forward with confidence. That's that's a wild man for me because there's, I hate to say it, too many pussies in the world right now.
0: No, you don't hate to say it. It's the truth. And if you guys have been listening into the show, you would have heard my episode with Dave Berryman, and that word might have dropped a few times. So you know how we roll here, and it's really, really good to hear that. And um, yeah, I think when I put together this podcast, it was really the intention or the premise was to highlight men doing great in the world, um, men in their own genius zones. And because I, I was actually starting to get shit with a lot of men and women both go, where are all the men in the world? Why are they standing up? Where are they all? And I'm like, holy shit, I'm surrounded by them. And and that's what the premise is, this is like, oh, I'm going to get them together and, and highlight that I feel what society is, like, they think they're looking for, they're looking in the wrong places. They're like, well, where are the men? Well, seriously, don't just look for this old rah-rah type that just gets up there and it's like stand over all this. That's old school, this this alpha male version that the world thinks they're looking for. It's not that it's the solution focused one. It's the heart centered man. And again, I feel that's what you are, Andrew. And you help a lot of people. What was the thing that however many years ago that you found that you loved helping people? Is there,
1: was there a specific thing that happened? Yeah. Look, I, I, I grew up in a very controlled home. And of course, when you grow up into a very controlled home, uh, you get out of home and you've got no one saying what you can and can't do. So I did. I lived pretty hard. Um, my grandmother say you're burning the candle at both ends. Well, you know, there's always more candles. That was my reply.
0: I wish I had um, that
1: one. <laughs> yeah. But then I, um, I, I got involved with the network marketing company in 1991. I was really lucky that the, the leaders in that group were very professionals. And they did live a life of servitude. And, and one of the guys that I had um, developed deep respect for very quickly, um, he said to me, a life of servitude is a life worth living. And that, that really just struck me. And I was wild. I was, I was not the nicest of guys. I worked in a prison. Um, you know, I, I could have fitted on both sides of the bars quite easily. Um, you know, I, I was you know, not the nicest of people to be around. But that really struck me. And from that moment on, I dived into um, uh, positive mental attitude, chaining, read thousands of books and become a a very different person and and had a a different life because living a life of servitude is a life worth living.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's super powerful. So you're old school, 1991. Fun fact, my beautiful fiancé, she was born in 1991. (laughs) Even though I'm a number of years older, so it's I, I can tell by the way you show up in the world, like I say, from our interactions and everything. That although you might have been a bit wild back then in a different form, um, we all have our moments where we 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 have that penny drop. I really feel some of you listening in now might have had it, where it's like, wow, I can actually get some fulfillment out of life from from this. And I'm sure it took many, many, many more steps from there to actually shift from oh, yeah. the the wild version and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you had this opening into helping people, but what was the what was a defining moment? Was it early on then that defining moment is like a living a life of servitude? But what was the one thing that really had you go, oh, this is fulfillment. So that that next step, is there anything that well, really I, happened?
1: I've had a few careers in my life. Every seven years I sort of changed careers. Um I worked for the government for 23, but I had multiple I won't hold that against you, mate. <laughs> well wow. and it was a good learning learning to understand what's happening right now in the world i can tell you now um
0: yeah
1: so you know governments being government departments and stuff like that, you gotta understand the inside to understand what's happening in the world right now and i have a good understanding of of how governments operate um but because one, one of my careers i was a, a massage therapist yeah. and um I, I was walking up a hill after doing a um a course, And um, at a specific spot on a road in a rainforest, I got connected. And from that moment on, I had a, um, a deep desire to help more people. So um, I stayed with Massage to, got to a point where I couldn't help any more people physically. So then I move into um, public education and presentation so I can help more people. And, and now my reach has expanded out to a point where I can help lots more people than I could have ever before. And as time and technology changes and my knowledge change, I'll be able to reach more people and affect paradigm shifts faster than I could have um, doing anything else previous in my life.
0: Yeah, and so sure. That was the
1: time. I just got connected to, to Source and um, everything changed. My, my whole dynamic of life changed that within a metre on a road in a rainforest.
0: Everyone might think that that's random as, but I absolutely totally get that. And you guys that know me well, I spent a lot of time in nature and it, it is that connection, connection to the source, God, whatever, universe, nature, uh, mother earth, yourself, really, your own inner world. And go, Oh, there's, there's something there. And um, it's really, really cool to hear. I was going to say when I was listening there, like I've watched your presentation and they edu- just education skills, like develop rapidly since, since I met you a few years ago and I think that's a testament to the, the the work you put in, and I know for me, um, I put in a lot of work too, um, not just with presentations—that how I show up in the world and all that sort of thing. And my drive comes from helping people. That's my drive. I that's, and I know a lot of men that I'm starting to work with now. They haven't felt that yet. They're still focused on I've got to go to a job and I've got to provide, which is important, um, but that that spark that happens when you get connected but then you're like, you're helping people and you're helping people, you, you want to improve. Again, I'll go back to just a one tangible example how you present now and how you educate. It's phenomenal. Like, not saying that you weren't good at it back in the day, but, <laughs> uh, again, like, is that what really drives you? Is that helping people to, to be better yet? Yeah? Well, look, I think a lot of
1: people, with, with it's like tuning a car. You can have a V8 car that runs on seven cylinders. It goes fantastic got heaps of power it does its job you you got a bit of an unusual noise but if you just tweak it a little bit you have a a smooth purring engine and people are no different you know you you have a conversation with someone if you can just change a few little paradigms about how they how they perceive themselves where they're moving where their future is them personally it it totally changes their direction you know one degree off course means you miss where you want to go so if you if you're the person that helps them readjust and just change a few little paradigms about their attitude or their direction or there's some belief pattern and you do it really quickly, it just gives them a bit more of a um, a true direction um, according to me. And that's my opinion. So I give my opinion, I'm, I stand in my opinions, I follow my beliefs. Um, whether it's right or wrong, it's it's irrelevant because um it's my belief and I'm gonna stand beside it
0: you know what that ties into i've got a tagline with the wild man revolution it's like we have respect doesn't mean we agree and it sort of goes into that like we have respect for other people's agree our beliefs uh, how they see the world but if they've come into our world our reality um they're there for we get to share our beliefs or what we feel if they're asking us questions and if they've got stuff uh, this is why I love like the tagline. It doesn't mean we agree. It's such a strong belief system to have. A, it's like if someone comes to us and they like, they want to get to point B and you've been to point B, um, and they've got all these little stories or all these little things why they haven't got to point B, but they're in our space. It's like, hey, cool. I respect that's your model of the world right now. But if you want to get to point B, I don't agree with any of this shit that you're carrying around and telling me. This is how you do it. So. Um, and I think having that approach to people too, like I know the relationship we've had, you've, you're always very direct, already straight up. You don't beat around the bush. Um, and there's a mutual respect there too. Like when you say something, even if I don't like what you say or share, I'm like, oh, okay, I've got some, some respect. Um, and that, I think that's a muscle that's built too in relationships and, and going into talking about like helping people and that. It's a relationship-building game, isn't it?
1: Totally. Respect, mutual respect for other people's belief patterns.
0: Yeah, yeah, unless they ask us for help and say, like, eh.
1: <laughs> well, look, I, I, most most of the time I, I say this is what I think or what I believe, um, and it, you give people the space to just you know, absorb that information that's not um, confrontational or making it personal. You know, I, I've done a couple of things in my life, so I've had a, a few life experiences. I've had multiple trades. I've had multiple experiences of screwed up here and there. Um, Done some stuff um, that I got away with, you know, falling off things that you shouldn't have got away with. But, I, you know, I'm here to talk about it without any um, major in- injuries. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sharing your experiences in life gives other people the lessons that you've learned, you know, in a way that they can probably relate to better. And they can understand that what they're probably doing is not going to give them the end result they're looking for because I- I've achieved um, my level of success that I'm happy with at the moment. Um, because of the experiences that I've learnt from.
0: Well, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned in life? Um,
1: don't ride motorbikes.
0: <laughs> I know that one. Yeah, I think no, because I was a little short ass and couldn't get on them, I learned that early.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I've learned that I have zero control over my um, my, right ankle, my right wrist. So um, I'm off bikes. So I, I go too fast. So I like the adrenaline of motorbikes. I get the, the adrenaline fix out of. Um, presenting now I just love that inner feeling of knowing um it gives me the same feeling as, as doing crazy stuff
0: on motorbikes Fair
1: um, but I, I, think, I was
0: going to say there's probably a few men listening that probably have a few right restrengthening exercises they could share with you
1: <laughs> yeah we won't go there um but like I think I think the biggest lesson in life is to find your purpose um my purpose is just to help people that's yeah. my purpose I, I I don't focus on income generation at all that that happens organically um i'm, I'm a big uh, believer of karma the more you you give the more you get so if you constantly give you get chucked some really big bones um and the bones get bigger and bigger the more you focus on helping other people and every opportunity you can a kind word walking down an alleyway um you know opening a door for someone it's just it just the the world. Just rewards people that have good good intentions. I don't do it because I want the reward. I do it because it. I, I want to see someone smile. Yeah, it's a bit harder to see smiles now with um, people wearing masks. But you can ask people. You know, it'd be great to hear you by just removing your mask and you see their smiles. It's nice to see you smile. Yeah, um, people want some type of leadership um, to get back to a, a normal world.
0: Yeah, I think it's a good example you give there right now, and. <laughs> We always end up diving into what's going on in the world and all these interviews, as you would know, but it's all relevant. Um, the, the simple human interaction that you're going on to there, um, the masks or the muzzles, whatever you believe, if you listen and you're wearing them still, listen into this is this is really important to understand. It is them simple things with human interaction that this agenda is messing with. Our, our, our simple, like a smile, g'day, how are you? That connection. There is so much more going on than just the physical appearance of someone smiling, energetically. And when that's messed with, what comes in? Trust. What comes in? Like all other stuff comes up. Again, the powers that think they're in charge of all this rubbish, they know this and they mess with people. And the solution to it, as my chair just breaks, wow, that's awesome. (laughs) All right. I have to get that sorted. That's gold. If you guys are listening, you have no idea what happened. But if you guys are watching, go check out my YouTube, my. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the human interaction that's really been messed with people are second-guessing themselves. They're putting their head down. They're not wanting to approach people. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to share. It's all weird and all this sort of stuff. And the fundamentals of relationship building is like that face-to-face. How do you build trust and rapport, mate? Like, the the first you feel the energy but you see like whatever backs that up have have you noticed in your interactions with people like has it been more work for you or you've just been really really strong and grounded as you like okay example confront people that are wearing a mask that you've got to talk to how have you found that
1: i don't find that an issue at all um you know most of the time they sound pretty muffled um so i said look i can't hear you can you please take your mask off and they say is it okay i said well, yeah, Fuck I'm yeah. happy to see. Well, I just tell them, it's, it's just be polite. You know, I prefer to listen to you without a mask on so I can hear you properly. And everyone's happy to comply to that. Um, most of the time they leave it off after that interaction, um, which is even better. But, you know, just, just you know, you don't have to confront them. Don't have to ask for an argument about anything. Um, I've never worn a mask. Uh, I fly all the time. Um, when Queensland first went a bit, bonkers with masks and the police were doing some some things that were, weren't legal. Um, you know, I got asked for um, why I didn't wear a mask and that confrontation went down very smoothly. Um, I, I was out of there within sort of 30 seconds of the initial conversation and I moved on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm polite, I'm, I'm direct, and I don't engage in the conversation because I know that I, my, they have authority but it's perceived authority so if I give them authority over my energy then they're going to take it and that's just the way the world is I've had many police come up and ask me where my mask is and I politely say know, I have an exemption and that's the end of the conversation I don't get into a conversation about my rights and this and that I say I have an exemption and whether I do or not is none of their business
0: yeah, exactly, and and that's been in your power. It's been grounded, I think, and in the conversational stuff. What I've learned a lot with what's unfolded in the world, be it at Shopfronts, be it going to Bunnings to buy stuff and like that, I got asked a few times. I got locked out of a server, which was hilarious. But again, it's like being grounded and just being really simple and being in your power again in communications like you get asked something, you know, like I'm exempt. They ask you another question, you ask them another question. You stay in your power. You know, like if they they ask you, and this is like. Seriously, everyone listening, if you want to thrive through current circumstances, learn how to communicate better. That, that, that will help you so much. Learn some stuff. Get some knowledge around how to navigate this. But I know for me, I've been asked many, many times, there's been follow-up questions like, well, show it to me or this, and I just go and ask a question then. Are you aware that that's invading my privacy? Generally, after that question, they go away. Anyway, sir, um, apart from me locked out of the servo, but that wasn't because of the service station. That was a crazy old man that was in there. who wanted to throw something at me. But, again, it all comes back to current times, like being in your power, like that connection with who you are, that connection to source. And what I find by being of service to others, the driver that I've got, I work on myself a lot, Um I'm tuned in when I've got stuff coming up where I don't feel in my power, so to say, I get to work. Again, I find you as someone who is always positive, um, optimistic. How do, you, how do you manage that? Because it's a vibration thing too, and I feel it.
1: Look, I, I was um, in my early 20s, I learnt the, the, um, the lesson of uh, being who you want to be. So you know, when when for years um, in my early twenties, you know, how do you feel? Oh, like shit! You know, that's you know, I'm drunk or you know, got a headache, and you 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 don't want to be like that for the rest of your day. So you know, I got into the habit of saying fantastic, brilliant, you know, awesome, you know, and that was fake it until you make it back in my early twenties. But then life sort of aligns with that magically. And then you wake up in the morning and you, you might be a bit tired, but internally you know that it's gonna be an absolutely awesome day and there's gonna be some really good experiences. So you do feel fantastic.
0: Yeah. Then
1: you have a like a, a macro look at your life, and you go, Wow, I really do have an amazing life. Um, so you you might have to fake it for a little while until you really embody the feelings of feeling great, feeling fantastic, feeling grateful. Um for everything that happens in your life, because everything that happens is a lesson for you to improve and, and grow from. Yeah. And if it's if it's a if it's pain, it means you haven't learnt the lesson. Especially if you do it twice. Yeah. So you know, I, I have a good attitude around life because um you know I've learned lots of things about what's happening today decades ago. I, I knew this point in humanity was coming. I I Same. no doubt yeah. about it. That's why I when I saw the solution that cryptocurrency offered, I went in a 1000 miles an hour, I really became that person to talk to about the, the bigger view of cryptocurrency from early days. I, I'm not the, the techie, I don't care about, um, you know, all the finer details of how things work. Yeah, I, I want to know that they do work, I don't care how my phone works, why should I care about how crypto works? Um, but I do understand the fundamentals of cryptocurrency, how it does give us that ultimate freedom of finances. And if you control money, you control the world. And if you control your own money, you control your own world. So yes. six years ago, I saw that solution. I dived in. And since then, it's been an amazing journey of, of lessons that I've, I've learnt. Um, and I've met some absolutely fantastic people who are dramatically smarter than me but they didn't learn the lessons. They just keep on repeating the lessons. And there's there's a few people in my circle that have learnt lessons, got the benefit out of it, and most of those guys are really focused on helping people. They don't care about the money side. They really have taken a a, a leap of faith, followed their direction, and really want to help everyone around them. And it's really hard trying to help a lot of people if you don't have a support structure around you because you can't, do everything. You can do what you do well, but you have to have other people that can support you um, do what you do well better.
0: 100%, 100%. Yeah, it's um good segue into cryptocurrency by the way. It's <laughs> well, you know, I've
1: done lots of things. I just think crypto is the sign of the times.
0: Yeah, it's like like I say being aware or awake to what was going on in the world. This this moment in time was always coming. Now for me, it's unfolded a little bit differently, but I knew it was coming, whether it's the political system, or the medical system the, or the, with the pharmaceuticals, or the monetary financial system, which I think has actually been the, the thing I've been most aware of for a long time. Not that I acted on what I knew until <laughs> closer in my future than in my past and I would have liked, but again, it took my, me a while to, I needed to learn more lessons. Like even when I was aware of cryptocurrency, I learned some really tough lessons early on in my cryptocurrency journey. And I feel it places me for where I am now. Like really just guiding people at the start of their journey. Like start of my journey, I was just running on emotion. I was running on like shiny objects. Like what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? All about me, 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 me. Quick money, quick money, quick money, quick money. And it wasn't until I really started, I was already doing coaching, when I really took that philosophy of helping people first into say the cryptocurrency, the financial system collapse then evolution revolution and put it into that that i really started to apply the lesson so i'd really learn I'm like hey actually this is this needs to be focused on to help people more than just about anything right now personal stuff yeah because again you mentioned the word money you control your the money or your money well what happens to your reality like and I know a lot of people out there, oh, money isn't fucking everything. Fuck off. Anyone who says that, it's such a limiting belief. I hear it a lot and I still do. No, it's not. It's just energy. So you just change it for energy and you understand if you get in control of that energy, um, not squeeze it or anything, but you you learn about it, you understand it. That's when your reality really changes.
1: So One, one of the things I learned about money and wealth, it does nothing but amplify you nothing it doesn't doesn't do anything if, if you are a greedy person that you're broke money won't fix that you will always be broke you will always be greedy whether you've got a dollar in the bank or 100 billion dollars in the bank it only amplifies who you are yeah. if, if you're not happy with the the view in the mirror then you need to find a mentor read a book watch a youtube listen to a podcast do something to change the image but you have to recognize that it's not probably where you want to be doing what you're doing now. But, you know, it's money just amplifies who you are. And if you're not happy with what you're looking at, whether you're broke or rich, then you probably should take some lessons.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And apply them. And again, you've mentioned it a couple of times, getting support and getting getting help. A lot of people have got to think help is a dirty word, like, oh, I can't get help. That means there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with anyone, really. And I see this a lot from men, too. And they don't want to get out of their own way. And they realize whether the manifestation around them is they're broke. They've got no money, but they've got to be a different person. And in order to be that different person, generally, you need some support. Um, again, i got a I got a men's course at the moment going, and it's I love it, it's my real mission and purpose on the planet, but men are a fucking tough gig to work with. Like, <laughs> to, to get them to, to invest, which I really honor and respect everyone who invests themselves, everyone, men or women, but men especially if they go, okay, I actually do need something outside of myself, perspective or something to highlight, whatever I don't know. Then yeah, and then I find the next step. So all of my client men listening, I know you're listening to this, again, I'm going to repeat, keep asking. Keep getting out of your own way and ask for some support, guidance, perspective, whatever. Um, and again, in the cryptocurrency space, the digital, let's call it a digital like financial systems, because cryptocurrency is just like a layer on it, isn't it? It's like a it's like a first thing that's on the blockchain, the technology and all that sort of stuff. That, you talked about you've always been like ahead and you've seen what's coming. I love your presentations, how you always take it out. Like this is just setting the scene for what the real, the real big picture is. Did you want to dive into that a little bit?
1: Yeah, look, like, like I said, I, I learned the realities of today back in 1998. That's when it was um, – I did a course 16 hours a day, seven days straight, um, not in Australia, and my eyes got blasted open. Yeah. Um, I came back a completely different person about the reality. I was still working for the government um, and that was fine, um, but it really made me look through the world at different, in a different lens.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, my, my partner's um, into astrology in a very, very large way, uh, so I picked up a few little gleams from what she's doing with astrology and um, it's just like a, a, at the moment the, the world powers around everything are really contracting their power. They're really enforcing their power because they know they've lost their power. Yeah, You know, it's just like a parent and a, and a child. You know, we have got a two-year-old kid and you tell them 50 times to pick up their toys and they don't do it. We've had, you know, a thousand years of pick up your toys, pick up your toys, pick up your toys, and they're just getting louder and louder and louder. And then eventually you do your nana and you give them a smack or you yell at them Um you enforce your control to get them to do what you want them to do. And that's what's happening right now. Yeah. The world has just done its shit. They're all the powers to be know they're losing control. Yeah. So they're they're really done their nut right now. They're really you you listen to any of the politicians that are following their own control agenda. they literally you would think they're totally insane with what they're saying and, and the the body language behind what they're saying. They've just lost it which is a great happy date
0: because I the evolution of
1: that is if the child refu- still refuses to do it because the child has got some emotional um, strength to stand up, yeah. then the parent goes, fuck it, do whatever you want. Yeah. And that's what's happening right now. The world is starting to see the realities of this, this bad parent who's lost control. And the world like, you know, Wild Band Revolution, there's hundreds and hundreds of leaders around the world all starting to go, you know what? We've had enough of this stuff and we're gonna bring our community over to a more free world. And they can't can't stop it because the ages are moving. We've finished an age of control. We're moving into an age of freedom, the beginning of a J curve and it's gonna get messy and it's gonna get a lot more messy than now. Some people are gonna make some health decisions that they're going to regret. And and there's gonna be some new technology coming out to help support those people. And I'm very happy that that, that's gonna highlight a lot more health requirements and there's a lot more tech going into people improving their health from a cellular level, which is a good thing. Um, We're gonna live longer because of what's happening now, but just not everyone is gonna get that opportunity because it's the beginning of the J curve into freedom everything in life is a Jacob. you can't expect everyone to wake up tomorrow and go i'm free it just doesn't work like that humanity moves very fast now but it still takes months or years for the whole populace to move over to thinking in a different way than the government told me i should jump off a cliff i'm going to jump off the cliff a lot of people going well, what is the logic behind that decision and more people are standing up like yourself and helping people understand that You need to have your own internal fortitude to say no is no and yes is yes and maybe is I'll think about it, but more likely no.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's fascinating you mentioned like the parent analogy there because it's exactly like that. And even if you really dive into it, and this is a rabbit hole for some of the listeners out there, I've really dived into way back to the 1600s where they literally took the power away from the father when we're born, created our birth certificates and that's means we're dead and lost at sea and they trade us, they use our tax file numbers and all this. It's literally written in whatever, I think it's the Cirque or something or other, whatever. But anyway, it's um, written in there that the government is our parent. And that's why they're talking to us like this too, because they have been for years and years. And people are wondering why are they getting up to give the example at a press conference and that saying the most stupid shit, they've lost they've lost their patience. They're like they know they've lost control, so they're just putting their foot down. Like that's it. You've got to do this, and that's it. It's actually hilarious for me. I look at it I'm like these guys are fucked. <laughs> I'm like totally. but they are, but it's gonna take a while to play out. And I feel another thing that's highlighted with me at the moment: people are people are losing their patience right now. They don't have patience. They're they're stuck into I want it done now, um, and they're keeping themselves stuck. I, I don't know about you, and you've got the sign behind you there saying celebrate life. I've probably had the best six months of my life recently where manifesting society in Australia, people are losing their fucking mind. Everything's fucked. And I'm like, wait a sec. If you really keep doing the work and you focus on the things that you can control, not what fucking politicians are saying on there, I watch them to see what... Tro- type of NLP shit they're trying to spin to get their message in on an unconscious level. I watch them as a clown show. But if people switch off from that and come back to focusing on like, like what can I control in my reality? What can I, what can I work on here? What can I improve on here? And I'm gonna start with that. I'm gonna focus on that. That's what I've done, even though I'm aware and you're aware of what's going on in the world, but we're focusing on like helping people at the core of it. <laughs> so again, in crypto, um, educating people because you're a great educator, um, educating people in this J-curve you talk about. I saw one of your squiggly line presentations where you were talking about where we are now with crypto. And crypto, we've been in the space for a number of years and we've seen the evolution of projects come along. I call them projects because they're not currencies. They're, 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 they're really like tokens and projects online. They're just a new way of doing it. Watch that evolution of Bitcoin and Litecoin. Like I had Litecoin in 2014. Fun fact for you. Didn't know that. I'm... I found where I traded. I'm like, oh, I'm not very smart, but. But then the evolution into Ethereum, very different technology, very different. Watch that come online more over the last years and big companies, big ecosystems start utilizing that as we've got the evolution of smartphones, dApps, um, decentralization, which is a term that's thrown about and most people don't understand. But again, these are just foundational building block steps that are allowing for that next evolution. Do you want to talk to that and the next evolution, what we've got to see like in our near future? Well,
1: look, um, uh, when I went um, overseas back in 1998, I bought cryptocurrency in 1998. Mm. I bought e-gold. That was one of the first gold stable cryptocurrencies. You know, it was e-gold. Now it was so far out there, and it got very popular very quickly that the U.S. government shut it down really fast because they didn't they didn't have a box to put it in. Yeah. Um, so you know everyone lost a lot of money because of that. But anyway, that's another story altogether. But the, the cryptocurrency space, actually, they're all types of technology. You could say your your Apple operating system is a cryptocurrency because it allows all the apps to work on there. Same with android as well it's just it's like a cryptocurrency it allows all those apps to work what the problem is now is the government can make a decision like in queensland and now new south wales you can't get a deed of title on your land for no reason except they couldn't be bothered staffing that area to do the transfer of ownership on a title that's it there's no other reason for it. it's no sinister thing they're just don't want to fund it, they don't want to put staff on there to do the transfers, they couldn't be bothered, they don't think it's important, tough luck, see you later. Yeah. So you get a, 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 a title, that's all you get a, a, um, a registry of ownership now, that's all you get. But if it was a blockchain, then it's actually a firm contract saying that you own something. So everything that you see, touch, taste and feel will go onto a blockchain. As a, as a human, you will want to know where every piece of food that goes into your mouth comes from down to the farmer that grew it and the area that it was going in everything. You want to know everything because we will all wake up to a point where we've been lied to large corporations and sneaky businessmen um, are doing things that are unethical with everything. And some are doing really great things. The blockchain removes all the, all the hidden, um, inefficiencies in supply chains, in growing, and how we live our life. So, you'll be able to find out exactly what's happening in your world by just searching through a database called a blockchain. And everything will go into a blockchain. Your your microphone, where you bought it, who made it, how much it was made for, where the materials come for, everything will be on a blockchain at some point in the future. Now, I, I, I understood that concept personally. For me, I, I like the um, the crowdfunding area. I yeah. was uh, really attracted to that because I've had friends that have gone into crowdfunding um, searching for funds to fund their projects. And within a couple of years, the people that provided the the money for them to get started stole their company, stole their tech. And they're they're still broke, they're still trying to get money, they're still begging off banks, but the technology is being used overseas um, and they're making you know billions of dollars out of it. Mm-hmm. So I knew that the best way to, to prevent that was have lots of people fund a project, not just a couple people because, you know, the angel investors control the projects.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's a good example over the other day in Byron Bay. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the company. They were the fastest crowdfunded project um, in Australia. They they $4.7 million in six hours out of Byron Bay. Yeah. They're 2,500 investors. They all put in a bit of money. The maximum they could fund is $5 in Australia for a startup, for for a private company. And it was done. So 2,500 people aren't all going to get together in a hall and vote to take over that country, company. So I I like the platform that I work with because it does provide that solution. It provides um, a lot of safety around the big coins. I only talk about the top 20 coins. I don't talk about any... You it's know, not, these 1,000 it's next it's coins, it's, it's too risky. There's no dog risky. coins. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. Well, I, I, don't, I, I don't even go into um, too many coins that are used as currencies anymore because I think there's going to be an evolution of that as soon as Diem comes out, which is the Facebook coin. Diem mm. uh, is going to change the face of cryptocurrency around the world. Um, so a lot of currency coins, and I, there's a lot of network marketed currency merchant promise coins out there is going to kill them all totally because DM is faster and it's free.
0: Yeah.
1: And and it's a stable coin. You're not going to be risking operating with little little network marketing companies setting up shops and merchant platforms and you know all, all the promises around that. Um, it'll all die with the introduction of DM on Coinbase. That's another evolution of cryptocurrency. Will I use DM? No way. I will yeah. use I'll more likely use a CBDC coin, which is central bank coin, over DM, and I'm not using that one either.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't want them. I don't like them. I don't. I don't agree with them. But they will be part of the industry, just like people are making decisions on their health. Yeah, I won't do what a lot of people are doing. Yeah. Um, but they make a choice.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I love the crowdfunding. Like I say, the, the platform you talk about, like the vision that got me about crowdfunding was the thing back then, because what I see in the world now, especially with this the devolution, the devolution of all the old systems and structures and everything. And and part of that, there's been a lot of great ideas, like how many stories we heard about hidden technologies and all these sorts of things that government take that the banks don't fund. They shut them down. Great ideas that can serve humanity. So when I heard this, this crowdfunding and this vision to go to these startups and everything like that, knowing what the world was doing, all these great ideas are still out there. Now, they're going to need funding. And what better way to to go to a platform that is to serve the people too, to give them an opportunity to grow wealth and to invest in projects that they really align and love that can change the planet. But again, give these startups the the place to come where it's it's got this security, certainty, like blockchain technology, transparency, um, all these things in there that... Make this. These are the good. This is a good side of these technology. There's a bad side to it. You mentioned DM and Facebook and all that sort of thing. Don't know if you're seeing Mr. Big DT in the um, the US brought out his own social platform. So it's going to be interesting to see how Mr. Facebook goes with that. But again, it's part of this breakdown of these systems and structures and the evolution of them, and people using them platforms like Facebook. They're just gonna, all right. He's a cryptocurrency. I have cryptocurrency now. I use Facebook. All right, give it to me. They're unconscious to it all, just like banks. All right, banks, you got cash in the bank. Aussies, watch out. Cash ban, bail in laws, all this sort of stuff. Digital currencies come back. Wouldn't surprise me if the banks turn around and go, hey, we don't deal in cash anymore. You know, that 500K you've been saving in the bank. That- we don't accept that, but you can have our digital currency coin, hey? There's this, that's the sort of world we're going to if we don't take control, if we don't really empower ourselves and not only get educated around this, but get some skin in the game. Um, but yeah, I think crypto, uh, the first term that really changed my perspective on this too was token tokenization. That, and that came at the same time. I was like tokenization. I didn't grasp it back then. But now I totally do. Like my first tokenized assets I bought were like precious metals, which was great. Like who wants to lug around a trailer load of silver? I'm, I've got mates who do that shit. Good on you. But, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah, do you want to talk a little bit to the tokenization?
1: Well, tokenization is, is um, it's an amazing piece of the blockchain technology. Um, it means that, um, you know, you, you make with a trailer full of silver. That's fantastic. That's a great store of wealth. Yeah. Totally unusable in 2021 and beyond. It's mm. useless as anything else, except I've got a big trailer full of silver that's worth a million dollars. You know, it's not usable, but a tokenized asset means that if there's a million dollars worth of silver in the trailer, you can have a million tokens equaling $1 per token, and I can transfer electronically globally $1.50 or $7.50, or a $1 million instantly and just about for free. In a lot of cases, it is for free. So it means that we can transfer the ownership or the wealth of any asset to anyone on the global scale. As long as they've got internet access or mobile phone access, we can do that, which means that throughout Central, um, through Africa, through South America, and a lot of Asian places as well, where they have really bad banking systems because the banks aren't really there to serve the public, um, we can provide an alternative um, wealth transfer system using gold, silver, ownership of companies, cars, houses, everything. So that's another way that um, I believe that is going to really help humanity um, move into the 21st century and beyond because, you know, you've got the story over in Nigeria where they've got um, uh a currency that's been used to their mobile phones, the m paso It's mobile um, money. It's been used on their mobile phone for more than a decade now. Prior to that, someone in the city would give the bus driver a a bag of cash to deliver to their relatives out in the bush. And the cash would very rarely get there. Or if it did get there, it was a lot lighter than when it left. Now they can use their mobile phone to transfer the money from the city out to, the, um, out to the bush. Now, it's happening in El Salvador and it will happen in Brazil as well. I know on the Gold Coast, there's, there's a lot of Brazilians in the Gold Coast. Yeah. Well, Brazil has got to have, will have dual currency very soon, Bitcoin and their local currency. Um, El Salvador's got 4 million people living in El Salvador.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, fun fact, 2 million people live in the US from El Salvador. So they're in the city, they're earning US wages and they would have to go to TransferWise or Western Union and send money back to El Salvador. So $30 to $40 out of $100 would go in fees and exchange rates.
0: Yeah.
1: Now they've got their digital wallet using the Lightning Network. They can press a button. Their $100 that they've earned in the US gets converted into Bitcoin. It gets sent to their family in El Salvador. They get the $100, $199.99, yeah. and they go down to McDonald's and buy their burger in El Salvador. So that transferring of wealth, and I I don't begrudge anyone that's left their family to work in a different location. Miners do it all the time in Australia, so why shouldn't people in other countries go to um, richer countries where there's more money and do the same thing? Yeah. Because ultimately what it does, that 30% that was taken up in fees gets fed into the country it's going to, and that lifts their economy so they get better, that it rely on people going offshore to earn income, they can have their own industry started with more efficiently. But tokenized assets are fantastic. What what I see happening is if you if you get onto the J curve early enough, you can turn a little bit of money into a lot of money with crypto. There will be a point, um, not too far away, where real estate gets tokenized. Yeah. So I can go to a if if the house is vacant, I go to a a, um, a house viewing. I walk in. There's a QR code on the front door. Yeah. And the QR code is ownership of the house. It's yeah. it's a token. Yeah. So I can scan the QR code, talk to the agent, transfer my Bitcoin or my whatever cryptocurrency I want to use, and I, the, there's no signing of documents. There's nothing. It's all done on the blockchain. So literally, I can buy a house in 10 minutes Yeah. if I've got the money and the asset has been tokenized. Yeah, You buy a car. You don't have to go down to the transport department and, and live the Zootopia life and wait for some government employee to stamp something for hours. It takes hours to go to any transport department now. Yeah. You can basically go on a Saturday morning. You've got money in the bank. You've got the person that owns the car. You scan the QR code, which is part of their um, their uh, VIN number, and you own the car. Bang, finish, done. See you later. Got the yeah. keys, and it's all done for you. So that's that's where the world is going. It's it's everything will be tokenized on a decentralized ledger that everyone can look at, and we can see and prove ownership of whatever asset that we want to hold.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's that's what I love about this too. And I went, eh, you would have heard me go eh, about the QR code. It's a bit of a bit of a stab at purpose. the polarity that we've got at the moment, or the the both sides of this technology. There is with anything that is created, there's a light and a dark now. You'll see the QR code. We've been trained to use QR codes. But I think a lot of people who are awake to the agendas and stuff are closed off for the fact that the cryptocurrencies and the blockchains and the technologies, they have a lot of good with them. They have a lot of good. I see this in the, I got my fingers up in the air truth community, which is more like a trauma loop community. But they're like, well, all these cryptocurrencies are evil. They're all going to control the world. They're all these, all this. The world's going this way and there's solutions. Again, you're so solution focused. That's why I love the examples you give that are actually better for us. Cutting out a lot of middlemen. A lot of cash grabs in the middle is what happened. Now, a lot of people might be like, oh, what about the, the people that are in jobs there? The blockchain industry is creating so many jobs, so many jobs. I don't know, like I did a coding course. I, it fried my brain. I don't know why I did it. But there was thousands of people in this course because this is new industry has been created. So cutting out these, not the middlemen, the, the workers, it's actually a good thing because there are jobs for them. They're not going to be replaced by just technology. We're cutting out the middlemen who run these places, the bankers in between bankers, the institutions just set up to be there as a stopover for the money. We're cutting out these with this technology, which is massive for humanity. Like it is really huge. Um, I wouldn't mind buying a portion of a house too, instead of a whole one. <laughs> and, and the instant, instantly be able to sell it. Like, go back to, to what I loved about the, the silver. Um, to go and buy physical silver, depending where you get it, there's time involved, generally travel involved. If you want it posted to you, gold, if you want gold posted to you in Australia, you buy 3,000 bucks worth of gold. It costs you 3,000 bucks to get it to your door. Now, as an investment, that's ridiculous. Why would you buy 3000 for the price to go up that much? It's a waste of time. So a tokenized asset for that? there, yeah, yeah. And you're like, all right, cool. I need some cash. I'm going to, or I need to buy something. I've got someone else who's got a platform that to accepts tokenized gold instantly. I'll pay in gold. What do you mean? Hey, da, da, da. there you go. I reckon that's amazing. I reckon it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm excited about but that next phase.
1: Anyone that controls your money controls you. Now, if you control your money, then you control you and a lot of people probably would struggle with them controlling themselves at the moment. Yeah, because they're used to people telling them how to live their life. Yeah. So if you if you wake up one day and go, well, I want to take control of my life, then you have to probably learn a few lessons to step up and actually be in control of your life. Because a 14 year old boy or a 14 year old girl. They want to have control but they're not mature enough for that responsibility at that point. And whatever age you are, you're going to have to wake up and go, well, I need to be responsible for my life. You know, when, when I, um, I had a baby when I was 25, I was barely learning how to be an adult by 25 because I was pretty wild. Um, you know, I decided to take the responsibility of being a full-time dad um, because my, my partner was no longer there. Mm. And I went, well, you know, time to step up, buddy. You need to stop some behaviours that aren't um, giving you the responsibility that you want and, and take responsibility for not only yourself but for another life. Yeah. If you're a dad or you're a partner, then you, you, you really should just step up and take responsibility for everything that you do and you can't blame anyone when you take responsibility.
0: That's a big deal. That's, that's a huge shift and I love you, you mentioned fake it till you make it earlier. I, I like calling it be the identity. You got to be that person. And a lot of time we're thrust into these situations. It's relevant for people right now, even though we created all we're responsible, but we feel like we're thrust into it. The example you've given about being a single dad, you were, you were like, holy shit, I've got to be, I've got to be a dad. Wait, I've got to be a single dad. What the fuck do I do? But you, ha- you basically, of course, you got a choice, but you sort of, you're like, well, I choose that I want to be that person. That, that was a huge moment in your life. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, I, my, my intention from birth of my, my first daughter was I wanted her to be a responsible, independent adult. Yeah. You know, a lot of my family didn't agree with some of the things that we, how we parented that little girl. But I look at her now at 27 and go, holy mackerel, she is a responsible, independent woman. She's a great yeah. wife. She's a fantastic mum and she's an amazing daughter. Yeah. You know, I you know, because that was my intention from day one to bring up a responsible independent adult. And I think a lot of parents they they mother their children a little bit too much and not give them the chance to become responsible independent adults. That should be the intention. You don't want your 40-year-old son living downstairs, playing Xbox for another 20 years. And that's where you know, that's what a lot of people that are doing now. though it's easier just to go back and move and a bit hard. Um, you know, I lose my job. I go back and live with mum and dad at 35, 40, 45. I think, God damn, get out of get out of your
0: bed. I did it till I was 30, seriously, even though I was responsible in my job. Like I worked a lot through my twenties into one job. But if shit went down in life and I was broke or anything, I'm like, oh, it's all right. I can't afford rent. I'll go back to mum and dad's. It was like this. What, what I, I know now, it's like I love the intention you had too and, of course, she's followed through with that intention because you said it. But a lot of things that I see in society now with men especially, there's no initiation process, no sent out into the world and disconnect from the family in a healthy way. Um, I'm big on this. A lot of my more, call it, personal experiences where, where men come and work for me is about initiation. Um, to cut them energetic ties where it's like this, Plan B, C, D, and E. I'll go back to mum and dad. So I'll go back there. Um, When that gets taken away from you and you're like fully responsible for your life, again, a lot of people out there right now are not responsible and they're not willing to take responsibility. Again, go back to my podcast with Dave Berryman. If you want a confronting, really in your face version of taking responsibility, listen to that. But again, you can wait until shit goes down and you're in pain to take responsibility where you're forced, perceived to be forced, or you can man the fuck up or woman the fuck up and say, Hey, I actually, I'm an adult now. I'll, I'll put my big boy or big girl's pants on and I'm going to go out and yes, it's scary. Yes. I'm going into the unknown. I'm going to do these things. And you also mentioned the word at the start, stopping a pussy or pussies in the world. There are a lot of pussies in the world right now. There are, I don't use that word very often, but because they're waiting for shit to happen they're waiting for the ultimate pain and yeah maybe maybe a lot of people out there have got to have a kid and be a single dad and then you'll get some you'll get some awakening on what it takes to be responsible maybe becoming a dad that's correct even though i was in the work even though i got my life together and everything when i become a dad i still had to be a totally i had to really step up i has been nothing more in my life i couldn't get being a dad in any fucking course retreat. Um, <laughs> anything I spend money on, nothing could teach me what this has teach me. And I, I had to choose. I'm like, okay, I'm um, being a dad. I had to really step up in a lot of areas. And it's a really powerful thing. I think people, yeah, right now, like, so many people complaining or avoiding responsibility until it's forced on to for some. Yeah. When, look, you, you, you get. In
1: life, you always have opportunities presented to you. And those opportunities usually are a lesson um, or just a a casual connection somewhere. Um, And you have to be open to the learning, number one, but you also have to be open to taking a bit of a risk by having a conversation with someone, following your gut. And the more you experience life, the more lessons you learn, you find your intuition sort of lines up really well with the direction that you want to go. And if you have, you know, I, I like the word manifesting. So I'm, I'm very good at manifesting my reality.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so I, I manifest a, a, a particular goal that I want to achieve, whatever that is, ownership of something or a direction or helping a certain demographic of people. Um, usually you have to be aware of the opportunities that get presented for you to achieve that but you've got to be open to looking and being willing to take action when an opportunity is presented for you to do something, a simple conversation sitting in a waiting room can open up a whole new reality of friends, opportunities, um, or the ability to help people. Just, just simply by being in the right place at the right time and saying, hello can totally change your life. Um, you know, it's just how things work, you know, um, had a converse, had a coffee with a guy yesterday morning. They've been looking for someone to have a conversation for six months, and I, I've been, I've got a, a very good regime around health. Um, three weeks ago, I thought I should get back into that particular company. You know, I love their products. I don't like its network marketing, um, but I love their products are really fantastic, yeah. and I, I should do that. And then I got an opportunity to have a conversation and do a partnership with this particular guy that's got a very big business out of nowhere. Just yeah. being being open to, to improving your life and helping what you know help other people faster.
0: Yeah. It's a big thing, like having that awareness that there are always, when you think of something, manifestation, it's already created. It's already there. But generally what you've got to do, you've got to connect. That Okay, that's there. All right, I'm going to, someone's looked at me this way. Oh, they're, Going past or a waiting room, sit down. A lot of people will sit there and be uncomfortable and oh, nah, and not act on it. But you just act and you act and go, all right, this person's there for a reason. This opportunity's happened for a reason. And you follow through with that. Then all these synchronicities seem to happen. There's nothing synchronicity about it. You called it in. You're just taking, the, you're just following through with what you thought about your goals. Really simple shit. Putting down your goals. A lot of people will put down their goals, but they're not aware. Or they're not available for the opportunity. Maybe the, the person is someone who's got more success than you or drives a better car or um, they have different beliefs than you but even though you come together and you've got to get uncomfortable to talk to them. Or maybe you've set your goals and you're clear on them and everything and what shows up is a bigger challenge because you've never learned the lessons <laughs> from why well, you haven't got them anyway. This, If people start functioning in life this way, Again, it's taking responsibility. Yeah, I want this or I desire this. So I'm going to take responsibility for everyone. Everything's in my reality, the situations, the people, the interactions, the challenges. And I'm going to navigate them as they come to me, as they come to me. Because I know if I keep doing this, you mentioned it earlier, like what you put in, you get back. You trust, you know, helping people. I'm going to help this person. There's no, they're not going to give me the thing that I sit down and write in a goal. They're not giving me the money. They're not giving me the car. But I know by helping this, I trust that intent and energy, the karma that comes back to me, it's going to be in alignment with what I, yeah, what I'm calling in. It's, um, yeah, I love it. You just got to be, when you get good at this stuff,
1: be really careful with what you think. Because <laughs> some, sometimes you think, I, I might want something, and you get it too quick, you get the opportunity too quickly and you're not ready for it. So you have to be really aware of and be very conscious of what you want in your life. Because once you get good at it you have to be prepared to take action on the thought even if you're not really ready for it um i do it did it with a property recently got a great property yeah. um it literally down to the mulberry trees is perfect yeah. you know i thought the other day um i've got two four-wheel drives. so i said I'll, I'll get rid of one four-wheel drive it's not as economical as i want being a bit more environmentally conscious now i'll get run a one four-wheel drive so and I'll, I'll buy myself another little bmw which i sold bought a BMW under a mango tree for a grand. You know, that was three yeah. years ago. What little car just fell into my lap. And I went up to Brisbane and stayed the night up there, did to, a to, uh, presentation. And on the way up, I should, I should, I really like those little BMWs. I might buy another BMW. Well, there's a, where I was staying, there's a, a BMW in the backyard that's smaller than what I had. So it's more economical, it's sporty looking, it's, it's only a couple grand. Yeah. And it's just presented in front of me. You know, the guy that wants to sell it um, hasn't made a firm decision on selling it there, but I know it'll fall into my lap in a month's time because that's when I'll be ready to buy it because it'll yeah. have sold my the car. And so learning how to manifest your future is a critical skill. It's not done it from you don't do it because you, you, um, you want it, you're desperate, you really want to grab it. You do it with the intention that it's going to happen anyway. Yep. You know, you, you, you've set the intention, the universe or whatever whatever you believe will, will sort of guide you in that direction if you take action on the things that are presented to you.
0: Yeah. All that um, action.
1: Everything's about action. Everything. action.
0: Yep. Thought, intuition, acting on your intuition. Oh, good examples this year where we haven't been prepared for it, like the house we're living in now. We just rent. Um, we've been in Airbnbs off and on for years, and we, we secured this Airbnb down the road. We'd moved in Australia to New South Wales. And we really hadn't landed where we wanted to be for the, the unfolding apocalypse, you could call it. <laughs> we had certain things that we wanted to, to have in our reality and we didn't land a, a long-term property. So we got this Airbnb and I had to negotiate for it to have it long-term because we had no idea. And we locked it in for well in advance. And then we just got this intuition. It's like, we don't want to be here. Halfway through our agreement. And we're like, okay, we... Because we both, uh, my fiance and I, um, Chaitanya, we both had this. All right, that means we trust this now. We've got to start looking. Now, we started looking with the intention to secure it for three months down the track. <laughs> Second house we walked into, it's the first one we agree we like. We had that house the next day. And we were like, oh, shit, we're not ready.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: But again, by trusting it, of course, we're in the house now. It's amazing. It's it's better than we could have imagined, and everything. But we had to overcome some challenges then and there. They were the things, the interactions, the situations that we called in that we had to get over. It we had to be the person that got over it to come in. And on the other end of the scale, we'd have I locked out of a service station, I manifested that shit because I was all driving to take the hired trailer back. I'm like, oh, I hope they don't ask me about a mask. <laughs> What happened? It give me an extreme example of not only that, locked me out, getting yelled at, um, <laughs> having to be in my power, being called an anti-vaxxer, being called this, being called that. I know, I know I drove away from that. I'm like, I did that. I manifest that responsibility. So, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful thing for people to understand. And, again, I think that mindset, that attitude, that that way of navigating life is how I know, People like yourself are, are like living a life through this, like are celebrating life through current times, not only celebrating because you know what's unfolding, but celebrating each and every present moment of the day because you know you're in control. You know you're responsible for what comes your way. So if there's one thing to take from this podcast, guys, it's it's that. If you really are living a bit of a chaotic life right now and it's out of control or you're feeling like um, you, you, you're helpless. This is where you come back to. And it takes work. Fuck, it takes work. It takes having support, getting out of your own way, asking for help or perspective if you don't have it, doing something different. Again, a lot of people are losing their jobs right now or they're being faced with the interaction, the situation where they've got to be in their power and stand up for their rights or choose a different career path. I'm seeing it a lot. A lot of people have been tested on courage now and I'm going to say it. Most people have been pussies. (laughs) They won't do either or. They'll sit in the middle and just wait until they're told what to do. We've touched on um, you help people like with a number of things I do as well, like in the precious metal space, the crypto space, personal stuff. What about yourself? Like, where where can people find you for 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 guidance, support, education? Um, yeah, where where can people come to find you?
1: Like, I'm um, of course on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook, and uh, I've got a YouTube channel called New Wealth Strategies. Yep. Um, I was a massage therapist and hypnotherapist for a decade, so I'm very aware of health. Um, and I was reluctant to go back into health, so I'm actually going back into health as well uh, through all things renewable. Um, that's all being awesome. revisited and redone up again um, right now. Finding a, um, a, a techie to to do that job is uh, proving to be a bit of a challenge. Um, but I think the challenge for me is to learn the fundamentals of that world yeah. Um, before I actually uh, hand the responsibility over to someone else so that's a good thing as well but um, all three new, all things renewable.com.au um, you know I, I'm very accessible um, very open I always return people's calls I think it's um quite ignorant to not return people's calls when they when they've spent the time to reach out to you
0: yeah 100%. Um,
1: the world is the world is changing and um, we should be celebrating the change we are moving from this draconian crazy, Screaming parent to all of us becoming adults, yeah, where we stand on our own two feet, we make our own decisions, we follow our heart because our heart has the knowledge and the intuition to make sure that the direction that we're going is true for us,
0: yeah.
1: Now, not everyone is, um, designed to be uh, an entrepreneur that works for themselves. Some people that that world is not for them. So, if you've got a, a, a job celebrate your job if you don't like your job just pick out the things that you love about their job and what how it makes you feel and the stuff that really drags your attitude down and doesn't make you celebrate life they're really irrelevant because the stuff you're going there is the fulfillment of why you go Um, and if it's not then you probably should change careers and there's nowadays you can change careers I've had every seven years I'm 53 I've been changing careers every seven years since i left school um sometimes i've had two or three careers at once so there's no reason why you can't learn change careers whilst you're still working in a job that is not fulfilling you because you're probably looking at it in the wrong direction or it's just not you
0: It's powerful advice again i i say right now what people are confronted with is this choice and is this career or this job in alignment like Yeah, some of the skills that you're good at would suit that job. But if you looked outside of it, have you gone, well, maybe I can take these skills or into something else. And whether it's not being an entrepreneur or something like that, even though I've got to say I was a mining supervisor and I was good at digging holes. I was reluctant to talk to people I didn't know. And I was reluctant to meet new people. Look at me now. I I just worked on some stuff and I freaking love helping people. Now I love talking to people. I love you wouldn't have caught me in front of a camera seven or eight years ago but again for people out there i just invite you to tune into what andrew's been sharing around that like whether don't put a label on what it could be like go okay here's, choice. here's a choice is a fork in the road and do you know what instead of going the normal path i i am going to go and trust myself be that person that backs myself and be open to opportunity i have a closing question it's a bit of a long one <laughs> it could go on a tangent and it's got sort of two parts where do you see the world in five years? And to go deeper into it, what part are you playing in that world in five years, in terms of solutions?
1: Okay, look, I, I think the the world in five years' time will be a little bit better than it is now, because we haven't hit the beginning of a J curve right yet. We haven't hit it. You know, we're still going through the the angry parent stage. Um, I believe that sort of midway next year we will probably be at the bottom of that old curve and um, the the new reality of the world will be starting to to come through. Uh, Leaders are stepping up now. They're becoming responsible. They're they're allowing people to follow them in a way that um, people feel empowered. And um, I think there will be a transition of power in the short term. Five years' time, a lot of people are still going to be um, trying to find their way because people have to learn about personal responsibility. I don't think that um, a lot of Australian uh, industry is going to be uh, solid in the next few years because of the transition of power, the company control. You know, We're going to have um, supply shocks where if your phone breaks, you probably won't be able to replace a part for it. Um, getting a new phone and, you know, even just food because, you know, an Apple iPhone takes 43 companies to create a phone.
0: Crazy, eh? If
1: any one of those companies vanishes or has a hiccup, you don't get your phone. So, you know, the world has to have a bit of pain to restructure in a way that we can function again. So there's going to be some issues around that and that takes time to restructure a system that has been around for a very, very long time. But ultimately in five years time, I think we'll be we'll be well and truly on our way. I think people will have, you know, more people will have vegetable gardens in their backyard. Um, more people will be taking responsibility for their lives. Um what I what where I see myself in five years.
0: Apart from sitting am, on a on a riverbank, talking to no other no, human, just saying with the
1: misses. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's not me. I'm I'm a social person. I understand that. But you know, from from me, I think I'll be just doing what I'm doing now at a high level. I'll, I'll just be, you know, my nickname is Squid. I'll just be Squid providing the example for other people to follow to help people understand that they, they do have choices and options. There's opportunities all around us. Um, you're going to see a, a transition of occupations, um, just like when they brought out machinery, just like they brought out tractors. There was, there was transitions of technology It's happening now, but there's always opportunities in every change of system. I'm really excited. The bigger the disruption, the bigger the opportunities. You just have to be open to looking at where the opportunities lie and taking advantage of a willing to go out on a limb and follow your own beliefs um, to to really encompass the new direction that you want to move into. The world is full of opportunities, and now, as old systems crash, new systems are coming into place, if you jump onto a, uh, a starting of that new system, of course, whatever you've got gets amplified dramatically because everyone is starting to adopt it. That's why crypto is so good. You'll see um, South America flick over to dual currencies. You'll see Africa flick over to dual currencies. You'll you'll see the, um, the controlling nature of Asia go to one currency and then implode. Which the the, the um, financial markets in Asia now are just they're destroyed, yeah. but the parent is really screaming right now, but they can't stop it. It's, it's it's totally gone. So yeah, there'll be there'll be a lot of opportunities within cryptocurrency. There'll be a lot of occupa- occupations that will be created because you actually created it, not because you've been employed in that new position. And and if you want to be an employee someone like Steve or myself or other people that are, are forerunners of, of what's happening in the future, you may get a job with them. Unlikely with me because um, I don't want the headache of um, having any responsibility for someone else. So I like people to work for themselves and just employ them on track track basis. But that's another job that um, probably didn't exist five years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You can see why we're so aligned. We see the world unfolding very, very similarly and, this has been a really, really good deep dive today. Guys, if, you've, if anything has caught your attention, all of it, um, be sure to get in touch with Andrew or myself. Um, again, there's, there's so many more things we could dive into. I would love to have you back on in the future, mate, um, if you're open to it. Look forward to it. Yeah, thank you for, for being the next guest on the Wildman Revolution podcast. Again, find us on Spotify. Um, We're on YouTube here right now. Um, All the iTunes spaces. All the links for Andrew are down below, plus more. I've got merch on the way, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, Thanks, Andrew. Um, And I will see you guys later.
1: Happy days. Take care. Thanks, Steve.